Welcome to the Life Purpose Podcast, the podcast that supports you in finding and embodying your purpose. My name is Paulisari, and I am your host. In this episode, I talk to Thomas Björkman. Thomas is a social entrepreneur, an applied philosopher, and the author of three books, The Market Myth, The Nordic Secret, and most recently, The World We Create, From God to Market. Thomas had a very successful career as a serial entrepreneur in banking, real estate, media, and IT. And he is the founder of Investment Banking Partners AB. At a certain point, he made the decision to sell his financial business and to take some time off to reflect on what he wanted to focus on during the second half of his life, and more specifically, what he wanted to do in order to make a difference in the world. He proceeded to co-found the Eckhart Foundation in Stockholm with the aim to facilitate the co-creation of a more conscious and sustainable society. In this conversation, we look at purpose from the perspective of adult development. Thomas outlines three stages of purpose, unconscious purpose, conscious inherited purpose, and chosen purpose. He also describes three levels of chosen purpose, rational purpose, soul purpose, and universal purpose. We discuss these stages from many different angles, and Thomas shares about how his sense of purpose has changed throughout his life and how that relates to these stages. In the second part of the conversation, which will be published in a week or two, we look at the questions of why purpose is important, what we can do in order to create a more purpose-infused society, and what a world infused with purpose might look like. One thing that's good to know when listening is that at one point, relatively early in the conversation, Thomas asked me a question about why purpose is important. The conversation then moves in another direction before I get to answering it, but towards the end of the conversation we circle back to that question, so you will get an answer eventually. However, that will not be in this part, but in part two of the conversation. If you're not already following the show, I recommend doing that if you want to make sure not to miss the second part. Before we dive into the episode, I'd like to take a brief moment to say a few words about a free online workshop that I'll be offering soon. This workshop is for you if you have devoted a significant part of your life to deep spiritual practice. And if you're now in a place where you want to make a difference in the world, but you do not know where to start. It is for you if you have a sense that something is calling to you, but you can't grasp exactly what it is. It seems like it could be several different things and it's difficult to choose. The aim of this workshop is to give you a better chance of getting to a place where you feel fully aligned with your calling, a place where you are 100% engaged in contributing towards a better world in a way that feels deeply meaningful to you. It's a 90-minute workshop in the foundations of purpose discovery, and it's completely free. Some of the topics that we'll cover in this workshop are the relationship between soul and purpose, soul encounter techniques, the free wells of purpose to wake up, grow up, and show up, eight facets of purpose, the purpose octagon, and obstacles to purpose discovery and how to overcome them. 
If this sounds interesting, I encourage you to go to paulisar.com and sign up for the workshop. There are only a limited amount of spots available, so if you want to make sure to get a spot, it may be a good idea to sign up as soon as possible. The workshop is 90 minutes, it takes place on Zoom, and it's completely free. You can find more information and sign up at paulisari.com webinar, or simply go to paulisari.com and find the webinar page in the menu. Okay, that's all I wanted to share about the workshop, so let's dive into my conversation with Thomas Björkman. I hope you'll enjoy it. Okay, so welcome to the Life Purpose Podcast, Thomas. Thank you. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so... Yeah, so this podcast is all about purpose, how to discover one's purpose and how to live or embody one's purpose. And I, you know, I've listened to lots of podcasts with you, and so I know a lot about what you think about other things, but not so much what you think about purpose specifically. So I would like to start with a very open-ended question. So what comes to your mind and heart when you connect to the topic of purpose? right now mm. that's a very very broad and very open question I think purpose can be interpreted on many 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 different uh, levels not just human purpose but also non-human purpose but if we stay at the human purpose I would say that we always have a purpose, but we might not always be aware of our purpose. We might not even reflect on our purpose, mm. but we need to have a purpose. We have an implicit purpose always, just like uh, any animal, I would also say, would have some sort of implicit purpose, because without that implicit purpose we wouldn't uh, get out of bed so to say so so we always we always have a purpose but then if the question is how we are relating to that purpose and how aware we are of that purpose and if that purpose is authentically our own purpose or if it's not an authentic purpose uh, and um, how well our individual purpose is aligned with uh, the purpose of the people and the society around us, and then even aligned in, in an even broader sense with some sort of uh, universal uh, purpose in in the world if there is such yeah hmm oh there were already many threads there that i'd like to explore further let's see where to start hmm yeah i, I get curious about how you think about authentic purpose then um how what what is 
a truly authentic purpose? Like, how can we um, distinguish our authentic purpose from some sort of unconsciously chosen purpose? Yeah, if if the unconscious purpose is it even chosen, it, it might just yeah. be g- given to us in in mm. in some in some way. Mm. And if we start at that end, I think that um, our individual purpose is, is um, when it's still unconscious to us, when we are not reflecting or aware of our own purpose then uh, our purpose is a combination of uh, um, biological programming mm-hmm. and cultural download. So of course, when we are babies, most of our implicit purpose is biological. And then as we grow up, we internalize more and more of uh, our surrounding culture and that culture that surrounding that will uh, form our implicit unconscious purpose and in that way both our biology and our culture is sort of programming us And um, for a long time, at least as uh, young people, we are operating from this more or less uh, autopilot, autopilot mm-hmm. mode when it comes to uh, when it comes to purpose. But then I'm I'm a big um, uh, I've, I've put a lot of value to to the. Um, personal uh, development and personal maturation journey that we as human all have the potential to to go through. And I think discovering the fact that we have a purpose and being able to reflect on that purpose is a very important part of this lifelong maturation journey. Some developmental psychologists would would call that our ego development journey. And for us today in 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 in, in society at least in in the West, we, we are most people are not even aware of the fact that we have this potential of of lifelong inner development and we still believe perhaps very much influenced from the enlightenment philosophers that our our mind and our inner lives are more or less a, a, a rational machine that is um, fully developed when when we reach uh, adulthood And then not very much happens until we grow old and the capacity of this machine declines. So the standard narrative around our our development of our adult mind or our adult consciousness 
is very much a story of decline. Mm. And of course, there, there is some truth to that, to that story. I mean, some, some of my cognitive capacities, for example, my capacities for abstract mathematics. I, I studied mathematics and, and, and physics at, at university. And um, now at 62, I would not at all be able to, to, to do the mathematical uh, analysis that I was capable of in my 20s. Not just because I've forgotten about them, because, but uh, no, that, that mathematical clarity is not with me uh, any longer. But then on the other side, through my life, I have developed so many other, both cognitive and emotional and other capacities that more than well compensate for, for that side of, of decline. And that developmental journey is very often forgotten in our society today. Mm. And depending on what school of developmental psychology you want to approach this uh, lifelong psychological development from, there are different models to describe this, but I think the easiest way to understand this development is really to just say that more and more aspects of your inner world will it will become visible to you. So as a child or as an adolescent or as a young adult, um, we are often unaware of, or at least we cannot take as objects for, of reflection or objects of our will, uh, some aspects of our inner world. So a simple example there would be the young child who just is angry. The, the young child cannot reflect on its anger. So you can say that the anger has got the child in its grip. Whereas uh, as an older child or as an adult, most of us are able to look at our anger and reflect on it. And perhaps even in a situation when we are about to become angry, we could step aside, take one step back from our anger and look at it and say, so now I'm, I'm, I'm about to become angry. What shall I do with my anger? Is this uh, a is it proper for me to express my anger or should I not express my anger? And then my anger has moved from having me to me having my anger. And I can do things with my anger. And in that developmental step, my freedom increases, of course. Because before I couldn't do anything about my anger and now hopefully I, I can. And I would say that it's the same with our purpose. 
that certainly as an infant, but also as a young child and even perhaps an adolescent and perhaps even a young adult and, and perhaps even, uh, even a not-so-young adult mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might not be able to, to uh, truly reflect on its purpose. And then you could say that this um, biological or social injected purpose has got that per person rather than that person having its purpose. Mm. So I think that is a very, very important uh, step in our lifelong maturation journey when we can start actually reflecting on our purpose and not only see our purpose. That's the first step. I mean, that, that, that's difficult enough to see the purpose. But then perhaps even later on in life, realize that you, you can actually choose uh, your purpose. And I think it's only at that stage that you, that you truly have a purpose in that sense that you, uh, that the purpose is authentically yours. Mm. You might think as a young adult, when you can start to see your purpose, that you become aware of your, of your authentic purpose. And of course, it is a big step compared to being completely unaware of your purpose to actually see your purpose. Mm. But, I don't, uh, but I wouldn't say that you have truly found your authentic purpose until you have actually actively been able to reflect on it and, and uh, willfully chosen it. Hmm. Hmm. Could say I could say something more there. Sure. Just, just, um, or I could even ask you what you what you think. I mean, you do you're doing this podcast around around purpose. If, if we if we are looking at um, truly adult, the tr truly adult part of the population, say say everyone over 25 or something like that today, we step into adulthood later and later yeah. the, these days. R roughly, how, how many percent would you say are not at all aware of their purpose? Mm, not at all aware, aware of their purpose. So if, if you would ask that per person in the street, the question, what is your purpose? They would just go, go blank mm. and perhaps say something trivial, but uh, they have never reflected upon it. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't really thought about this, but uh, my intuitive, like quick guess would be maybe 20% might have an answer to the question, what is your purpose? Like have a fairly clear answer to it. Yeah, 
yeah, I, th I think that, uh, that that could be a good uh, guess. I mean, I, I would be in the same na na neighborhood. So, uh, so some, say somewhere between 70% and 90% of all adults have probably, are probably not at all in touch with their purpose. And then if, if we look at that, those 20% that has thought about it, how many percent do you think have actually willfully chosen their purpose? Yeah, well, my guess is that it's probably less than 10% of all adults. Yeah, I would say much less than that. Yeah, probably. probably. I would do the same. 80% of those who has thought about purpose, have not chosen, chosen it in, in some deeper sense. Yeah. So, so that would leave a couple of percent of, of the population, I mean, in, in, in best mm. case. Mm. Yeah. Okay, then we can ask the question, is that good or bad? Because if we go back in, in society, if we go back a, hundred, a couple of hundred years, into a more uh, religious society, a pre-modern society. Um, in that society, it, it was actually a problem if you started to reflect too much on your purpose, and definitely if you wanted to choose your own purpose, mm. because your purpose were given both by society and by, uh, by God. So even if you disregard the, the religious aspect in, in the medieval society, you, you were born a peasant or a knight or, or whatever into a position and, and you were just expected to uh, fulfill that role mm -hmm. with a given purpose as good as possible. And you shouldn't reflect and you shouldn't... Uh, try to, to uh, disrupt this order that was, that was also sort of um, sanctioned by religion. And if you had any deeper questions about your purpose, then they were quite clearly given by religion. And of course, that was a help to... to, to to many people, of course, because if you start to reflect on your purpose, and especially if you start to reflect on that fairly young, we don't have that much support in society today to help us in our, yeah. in our struggle with our purpose, if we start to struggle with that. And again, especially if we do that early in life. And I can see many young people today in their 20s really struggling with mm. purpose. Yeah. So, of course, in a, in a world where... The purpose was given in society and in a deeper sense in, in religion. That also created a stability and I would say to some sense psychological health. It, it, we, we were probably on average more psychologically healthy in, in such a society than we are today. But then what is then the value of us um, actively 
reflecting on our purpose. Because when we were discussing here earlier how, how many people in, in um, society are actually thinking about purpose, at least in me, I, I, I came to that question from, from the perspective that it would be good if many people did that. Yeah. And I'm sure the reason why you also have this podcast is because there is somehow this uh, assumption that it, it would be good if, if more people were reflecting on their purpose and taking purpose seriously. Yeah. So then we could ask ourselves, why, why do we think that? So I, I think that, of course, I think it, that is the case, but uh, I haven't really thought through why I think that's the case. So can I ask, can I ask you, you, you have this podcast around p- purpose. So wh- why, do you, why do you think it's important that we uh, actively reflect on our purpose and perhaps even actively choose our purpose in today's world rather than just having it given to us by by society or religion yeah hmm i think firstly i perhaps need to clarify uh one thing because so you you spoke about kind of two levels of purpose in a sense like um either there's an purpose that we have inherited from from our culture and um, and then so that's kind of an unconscious purpose and then there's more the consciously chosen purpose well it um, I, w- I would do it at three three levels it's it's the un- okay. it's the unconscious mm. purpose that we have either from from nature and or from 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 culture and we are not just we are just not aware of it yeah then we have the conscious purpose, when we start to be aware of our purpose and we might look at our purpose as something that we have inside us, but we look at it more or less as fixed and we want to know what our purpose is. Mm. And then the third level, that is the consciously chosen purpose. Then we need to be able to see our purpose as something dynamic, something that is evolving, something that can shift, but that is also under our will, that we can actually choose our purpose, and then that that we are able to do that. So we have the unconscious purpose, we have the conscious purpose, and we have the consciously chosen purpose. Yeah, great. And I would like to add another type of purpose and that is mm, not a it's also a conscious purpose it's not chosen it's more the way i see purpose is that we all have a purpose that is our soul purpose that we we are born into this life with and so it's more a matter of discovering that purpose mm-hmm. So I would I would want to like distinguish that from a chosen purpose because a chosen purpose also has a great value, but it's um, still something that you know maybe we let's say that we we care very much about the environment and we choose as our purpose to dedicate our lives to protecting the environment. Mm-hmm. And 
and that's a beautiful thing and it's it's but it's different from mm, connecting to your soul purpose which could be also <laughs> protecting the environment but it could also, could also be something else mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so just yeah and i and i agree with you there mm. of course but but i i think that um even when you connect with your soul purpose, mm-hmm. that is an act of will. Yes. Yeah. So, so then you make that choice yeah. based on the belief that that is your, uh, your soul's purpose. Yes. And that, that, is, that is interesting because I... I, I uh, I, I, I believe that um, if we analyze the level of, of consciously chosen uh, purpose, the, the more mature way to do that is certainly to try to connect to some sort of uh, always present inner source so you could you can connect to your soul's purpose but then i think there might be even one level one layer above that Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, and and that is when you realize and i'm not saying this as as um as, as a dogma, we can, we can discuss if, if what I'm saying, if we think this is universally valid or if it's, if, if it's not. But I, I would say that, um, uh, yeah, let's, let's do this at, at three levels again. Sorry for this being very structured and very <laughs> cognitive. Now, but it's interesting to analyze this in a little bit more philosoph- philosophical. So we have the three levels of purpose. And the highest level is the, is the willfully chosen purpose. And then we can divide that into three levels as well, as you just started to do, by saying that the first is that you choose something that you believe is a valid purpose. Yeah, you choose something environmental or, or, or whatever. Then the next level is to, to, to realize that I'm, I'm not perhaps totally free to choose this. I, I need to connect to something that is really uh, in the center of my soul. So then I connect with what I believe is my soul purpose as, as an act of will. But then the, the third and, and perhaps higher level, I don't know if you agree there, w- would be to leave this level of the individual purpose and talking about me connecting with my soul's purpose, mm-hmm. but then perhaps rather connecting with a universal purpose. Mm. That could be the purpose of uh, the universe, mm-hmm. or whatever you, you would express or, or, or believe in. That could be the uh, the purpose of evolution, it could be the purpose of eternity, it could be uh, the purpose of uh, an ever-present uh, deity or, or whatever. 
but you realize that your purpose is not just an individual thing. It, it, it is actually somehow connected with, um, with a universal purpose. Yeah. Um, hmm. So as I, the way I use the word soul purpose and the way I understand it, that in some sense it includes that third level because for me a soul purpose it's always connected to a larger whole it's never about just yourself but it's it's about your place in the ecology of life it's about your unique contribution to life life as a whole mm-hmm. but, um, but but um, if if we look at this in, in this um, lifelong maturation journey, um, what, what you now describe, and I totally agree with you that, that um, this, is, this is the case that you, your, your sole purpose is connected to, to this um, larger purpose. But earlier in our developmental journey, when we just started to be able to see and discover this individual soul purpose, I don't think that I immediately realized that this was connected to uh, something universal. I think there is a stage that, that you go through when you discover your inner soul purpose and you might even think that this is what makes you unique i have found my purpose and it might be it might be coupled to you to the specific gifts that you have in your talent or something like that it could be that that I'm very say that I would. I wish I would be. I'm totally not. Wish I would be a, a very gifted musician, and I can feel that my purpose here in in life is to use that gift. But I think it's it's the next developmental step to really then, a bit later in life, to to see the connection between my individual purpose and some sort of more general purpose hmm. yeah. and also the how all encompassing that more general purpose is I think you might the first step might be that you realize that you have to align or that your purpose is connected with the purpose of other people in society and on the planet and then you might later realize that you that this is connected also to previous generations and mm-hmm. future generations and then you might connect this to the 13.8 billion year long evolutionary process of the universe mm-hmm. and see your role and your purpose in that magnificent uh, 13.8 billion long journey 
of which humanity is just a blip. Hi, sorry for interrupting. I would just like to take a brief moment to share a bit about what I do as a purpose guide. So are you a person who has devoted a significant part of your life to deep spiritual practice and who now wants to make a difference in the world but who doesn't really know where to start? Do you have a sense that something is calling to you, but you can't grasp exactly what it is? It seems like it could be several different things, and it's difficult to choose. What you would like is to get to a place where you feel fully aligned with your calling. A place where you are 100% engaged in contributing towards a better world, in a way that feels deeply meaningful to you. So my solution to this dilemma would be to help you find your purpose. Because when you have that clarity about why you're here, why you're alive in this time and place, it's so much easier to choose. And when it's easier to choose, it's easier to get engaged in what you're doing without constant doubts about whether what you're doing is the right thing. So how do we do that? How do I help you get clear about your purpose? It's a process that is very much about connecting you to your soul, because your soul, the deepest part of yourself, is the part that knows your purpose. So the whole program, the Purpose Discovery Program, is very much centered around helping you get closer to your soul and to get information from your soul about your purpose and the different aspects of your purpose. We divide purpose into eight different facets, vision, powers, values, essence, giveaway, task, message, and delivery system. And through different kinds of practices, you will gradually more and more clarify each of these throughout the process. Towards the end of the process, you're likely to have a very good soul-level understanding about why you're here. If this sounds interesting for you, you can book a free introductory session. It doesn't cost you anything, just a little bit of your time. We'll have a chat and we'll see if the program is the right fit for you and if you and I are a good fit to work on this together. So if you feel called, I really want to encourage you to go to my website and find the contact page and book a free session. Okay, let's get back to the interview. Thanks for listening. Hmm. So in some sense, um, the way I make sense of what you're saying in relation to my previous understanding, um, so does, the second step there would be when you, when you start to realize that there's something unique about you, you have specific gifts that the world needs, you start connecting to that and you start seeking some sort of expression for that. And then in the third stage, it's it's more clear, clearly somehow rooted to like um, your specific role in advancing the evolution of consciousness and culture somehow. Yeah, or how you you express it that that you are that that you are um, you are a node in this continuous web of uh, of life 
that that is evolving. You could say that you are just a node, and you can then understand how how insignificant you are in this perspective. But you can also realize that you are still a unique and and infinitely valuable node in this interconnected, evolving whole. So in some sense, it's like you you may discover your soul purpose, but throughout life, throughout your maturation, that purpose is always placed in a wider and wider um, context. context. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that, that expansion of context mm. is at least one aspect of what our uh, personal developmental journey uh, is is about yeah and then of course you could connect these we are mainly spoken about this in in psychological terms in developmental psychological mm. terms but you could then of course also connect this to to spiritual development and and to uh, uh, what spiritual traditions have always also been we've been talking about yeah yeah and i have some thoughts about that but i'm curious to to hear hear your thoughts on it mm. so if you would ask a, a little bit more specific question <laughs> to, to guide me in a direction there yeah well i i actually i it was more like i i assumed that you had something specific in mind when you made that connection <laughs> no no uh, i mean uh, um, um, I, I regard myself. I'm, I'm definitely not religious, um, but I do regard myself as as spiritual. But my spirituality is, is more uh, um, a c- connection to 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 nature, to planet, and to the universe, and and really sort of feeling this connection, knowing that we are all interrelated in this, again, ma- magnificent web of, of ev- evolution. Um, and again, if we tie that down to purpose, re- realizing this connectedness and trying to live my purpose in in that relationship living my purpose in relation to these frames that we've been talking about mm-hmm. that is for me very uh, meaningful uh, and um, that that gives a lot of um Strength, one might say, to 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 the purpose, mm. and strength. Strangely, strangely enough, even if we are now talking in very very abstract terms, these perspectives still, for me, make my purpose much more real and tangible. Mm. 
mm. in a way. Mm. So, so it's not just um, very abstract cognitive thoughts and, and perspectives, because if, if you can feel this in an, in an embodied way, mm-hmm. and at least on, 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 a, on a good day alone out in nature, uh, I sometimes can feel this in a very embodied way. And, and that gives weight to, to the purpose and it makes it very... Um, and I'm struggling to find the right English word. It's, it's not powerful, it's not really strong, it's not tangible, it's not, but it's some, something there. It makes it real in, in a yeah. very um, mm. tangible way. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I get very curious about that experience. If um, So for you, in some sense, you can feel your purpose. You can experience that in your body. It's not, it, it's at its essence, it's not so much like an idea about this is my purpose, but it's really a felt sense in some way. Is that correct? Yes. And, and I think that, again, if we look at this in developmental terms, I think this is like an arc, arch or something. And it's an arch. It's because you, you start from the same place, you know, as an infant. You don't have any cognitive notion of your purpose. You, you just are your purpose. And you live your purpose. But then as we go through this developmental journey that we were talking about, and you start to become aware of your purpose and you start to take it as an object and you can start reflecting and articulating more and more. Um, but then when we move, uh, and perhaps then you, we, we are at the top of this arc, arch when we think that we have found our purpose in, again, your example there, in the environmental efforts that we are, that we are doing. But then the next step, when we realize that this purpose were perhaps not a, co- a result of my cognitive uh, efforts, and it's not out there, the purpose is perhaps inside me. And when I start to connect with the, the, this purpose in my soul that you were talking about, then it becomes more embodied. And, and, less, and less cognitive. And if you can then connect this to, to uh, the, the, perp, the, the greater purpose of uh, the universe or of the creation or of the, the, cre- the creative process, mm. um, then it becomes even more, even less cognitive. And, and even more f- felt in, in, in my body. And I guess if, if, you, if you continue this journey, which is be beyond my capacity at the moment to see where, where it's going, but I could just guess that the, the, the final point of that journey, then you are back at the same point as as an infant you you just uh, live mm. 
your purpose mm. uh, again. And this more universal purpose has you, just mm. like the biological purpose had you as an infant mm. Mm. or something. But there, there I'm just guessing. So up, up until that point, I'm, I'm talking about my personal experience around. Uh, and as I said, I can, on a good day, in the right circumstances, feel this very um, em- embodied. But uh, I'm a far way, I'm a far way still to go until I can say that I, I have a capacity to just be my, my purpose mm-hmm. again. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Would you like to share a little bit about how your purpose, your sense of purpose has developed throughout your life? And maybe related to these different stages of purpose too. That would be really interesting if you're up for that. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, uh, I must say that even even if I have reflected quite quite a lot on this general uh, developmental journey, uh, the, the journey towards wisdom or a spiritual development journey or just an adult psychological development journey, I haven't until this podcast been thinking so much around this in terms of purpose. Mm. So I, I haven't reflected throughout my life so much on purpose. Mm. So, um, of course, at, at, at some point as a teenager, um, I, I woke up from this embeddedment in society's purpose. Mm. I don't know how, how old I might have been, perhaps 15. Mm-hmm. And it was, was not a, a, a sudden um, uh, awakening, but at uh, some point. And if I tie this, and I, again, I haven't thought about this before, but it, I can use what we said before there about uh, spe- special gifts and, and things. And, and I realized fairly early, I come from from very ordinary middle-class background from uh, rural Sweden. And I grew grew up in the 60s and the 70s. And um, I think uh, late in in school, uh, in secondary school, in preparation for, for university, I realized that I had a talent for mathematics and physics, that these subjects came very easy Mm. uh, to me. And I didn't think in terms of purpose, but I certainly broke out a little bit from the the normal societal matrix we were living in there in this uh, smaller industrial town. And I don't think anybody else in my school uh, would have thought about a, a, a professional academic career in, in any subject. But, but I, uh, I started to think about uh, uh, pursuing a career in mathematics and, and, and physics. 
And that in some way was a breakout, of course, of this programmed purpose that is is given to us from from society and from our peers. Then I started to uh, to think in 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 other terms. Mm. Perhaps I was I was definitely not using the word purpose in any way back then, but certainly I I had a, a, a vision of something what I could do with my life. And I guess that's quite quite close to uh, to purpose. Um, and then I shifted very very uh, abruptly uh, when I finished after I finished my my master thesis in 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 mathematics and physics, and I got a very good offer to 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 start a PhD program, and I was fairly sure that. Uh, I would would have a, a good academic career if I had decided to pursue that. But then I had a fairly abrupt shift in in purpose. And again, I, I didn't think about it in terms of purpose, but uh, in in what to do with my life, Be- because I de- I decided that e- even though I was very um, motivated by trying to understand the world and and back then i i did that through um, natural science that was that was the uh, not not only the main lens i think that was the the only lens through which i i saw the world as a 20 or 25 year old person but then i decided that uh, yes understanding the world is important but but i i want to also to uh, uh, change the world, do things in the world, not just think, but do. And, and that is what made me shift into a, a career as a, as an entrepreneur or a serial entrepreneur. And mm. I, I started a lot of different businesses uh, in IT, in property and in, and in banking. And... Um, that that was very much a, sh- a, a, sh- a shift, a conscious shift in um, purpose. Mm. What to do with my life? But in in some ways, no, not in some ways. In all ways, I would say, both in in academia, but also in the business world. I was still, and as a young businessman, uh, I was still completely embedded in uh, society's notion of uh, what an academic would be like or what a business person uh, would be like. And I think I was good at playing the, both those roles, but they were still roles given given by uh, given by society. And it was only a bit later, certainly, in, I was certainly in my 40s, um, when I could start to uh, more clearly take a view of on my 
myself and my life and my uh, purpose. And perhaps then starting to use uh, the word purpose uh, in in my uh, thinking. And and certainly uh, before before fifty, and and that was when I really started to to write on. Uh, on uh, my book, The World We Create. Um, then I started to think more uh, systematically around uh, these things and was able to start to connect myself and my purpose with uh, a larger societal uh, purpose and then uh, eventually a more... Uh, a more universal purpose. And that was also at, the, at about the time when I sold my financial uh, business and I could really take some time off to think about what to do with the second half of my life. Um, and there you could say that that's when I found... That, that's where I f- think I found my true purpose. Mm. And uh, I still believe it, it is my true purpose. Mm. But I think that I now, 10 years later, or a little bit more than 10 years later, um, definitely see the same purpose but much, much more connected with this universal purpose that we were uh, talking about. So, I was, so uh, perhaps I'm just trying to make my model, my model uh, fit. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, no, I, I, I think I, um, um, back then it was a, it was a more mm, more individualistically chosen, but definitely well-reflected purpose. And back then, I think I I believed, I would have said something like like that, I found my purpose, I found my purpose. Mm -hmm. I I want to use some of the funds that I got from selling my banking business to start this foundation in in Sweden, the Oak Island Foundation, Ekfärdet Foundation, mm-hmm. and, and look at this connection between our personal inner growth journey and, and societal change and how these are, are related. And, and by the way, I got those ideas from working with very talented uh, uh, leadership development consultants during my years in in banking and i had the opportunity to participate in personal development programs and also see the effect that these programs had on on people around me in 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 the bank Mm. and when um, i started to realize that there was actually quite a, a body of knowledge within these consultants and in the literature around around leadership development and, and um, lifelong human uh, development, 
that I started to think about uh, the strange fact that we understand this in business and we think this is important in business and we spend resources on developing not only our top management, but uh, many people in, in our organizations. We spend on helping them to, to with personal inner growth. Why are we not at all talking about this in society? In society, we're talking about the importance of lifelong learning but that's a completely different thing from what we are talking about here, which is this sort of inner maturation, which yeah. cannot be, be, be uh, taught in the same way as uh, you, you, teach and you teach new skills or new facts or new, new, new knowledge. But it is p- possible to, to support and facilitate. So anyhow, th- that, that's when I, when I thought then perhaps 12 years ago, that I had found my true uh, purpose. Today, I still have the same purpose, but I think I'm moving to a, to a little bit more of a position, even if I'm not there 100% yet. I, I, I move towards a position where I think that I didn't choose the purpose. I think the purpose chose me somehow. Where I connected with something that that didn't leave me much choice. Thank you for listening to this episode. The second part of the conversation will be available in a week or two. In that part, we have a look at, among other things, the questions of why purpose is important, what we can do in order to create a more purpose-infused society, and what a world infused with purpose might look like. If you're not already following the show, I recommend doing that if you want to make sure not to miss the second part. If you're interested in the free webinar that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you're warmly invited to go to my website and sign up for it. You can find it at paulisar.com webinar, or simply go to paulisar.com and find the webinar page in the menu. I really recommend signing up soon if you want to make sure to get a spot, since there are only a limited amount of spots available. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.